Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it, you're acting like a child. Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. All right. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Feds of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. All right, we are fans of the dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Doing good, doing good. So, before we start, I just, there's this really weird new tradition. Have you heard of Valentine's Day trees? I, I, I don't think I have. So, people are keeping their Christmas trees around. They take down the Christmas decorations, and they save them around until February, and then they put up, like, hearts and red, decorated as a Valentine's Day tree. Pretty sure my tree was dead two weeks after I put it up. Yeah, I'm guessing this is a more fake tree type of deal. Yeah, I can't. So you're not doing that? No, not doing it. Yeah, it seems pretty stupid. I mean, like, what do you got? Like, milk it and save it for about uh, St. Patty's Day and put, like, nips from it? (laughs) (laughs) This is a year-round tree in the house. Don't don't walk by it too fast. The needles will just fall off. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was weird. So it's just about Valentine's Day. You getting your uh, final girl? Anything special? Yeah, I got a couple ideas. Yeah, that's we, all I have right now is ideas. We're we're usually not. Um, we don't go crazy. We're just we just kind of hang out and watch. We Netflix and chill. Ooh, hello. Yeah, we're thinking about locking the kids up in a room and then going out to dinner. Well, we're pretty we're pretty fortunate where. My mother-in-law watches watches our daughter every Saturday, so Saturday nights is our night to do whatever. So that's awesome. So we we're lucky there. That's awesome, and you know we, as in you and I, are both lucky to have final girls like we do that allow us to do this stupid thing that we're doing right now. Yeah. It is not stupid to us. It's not stupid at all, and they support us, and for that we thank you. Love you, Jenna. Love you, Susan. All right, so... This bud's for you. Real uh, American hero. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You just totally fucked up my next line. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, Valentine's Day. We thought that we would celebrate this joyous day. A day to remember a guy who got his head cut off, basically. And he was the St. Valentine. He was imprisoned for, I don't know, some kind of stupid religious reason I can only imagine. But he ended up falling in love with the jailer's daughter and wrote her a note before his execution. And, you know, I don't know what it said. Blah, 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 blah. From your Valentine. Oh, isn't that so sweet that we buy flowers and chocolates for our loved ones to remember some guy who got his head cut off? So he's the one that ruined it for everyone else. I know. We have to live up to this, like, 
grand romantic gesture. Yeah. So, so anyway, oh, anyway. To, to push aside all this crap, just chocolate hearts, and dedicate this episode to the final girl. Yeah, this was a tough one. So this one, we're not we're not going to really do a countdown. You can't do a countdown when we're talking about final girls because they're all special in their own way. They're all they're everyone's going to have their favorites. It's it's okay. Everyone's going to have their favorites. So who's your favorite? My favorite? I know who it is. Do you? I think I do. I don't think you do. I think I do. Maybe you do. I do. What's your guess? Uh, Jenny Field. Yes, that is true. I, you were, I figured you were going to either go one or two ways. I, fig, I figured you were either going to go Ginny or um, Alice. Okay. I wouldn't pick Alice. I wouldn't either. I would not pick Alice. Alice actually didn't make my list. She, you know, she'll get a, a shout-out Yeah. because we just mentioned her, so there you go. Ginny, Ginny was my favorite because I, I loved how she went with the more... I don't know. If she, I can't remember if she was like a psych student or not. But, like, she went with a more psychological approach. She was. Uh, it's like major, I believe. She was, yeah, because they're sitting there at the bar, which I feel like if they just kind of drank a little more, like, they could have avoided this whole, like, you know, debacle. Because there was one guy, actually, in that, in that scene who decided, I'm just going to stay here. And he, he, he lived. He was fine. Yeah. You know what? It pays to drink more sometimes. So anyway, but, you know, she, when she's talking to Paul... In uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, you know she's like, "Well, well, how, how, what do you, how do you think like Jason feels? Like, you know, he's probably just trying to get like revenge for his mother that like was like brutally murdered and and all this stuff." And then so she knew when it came time to face him, you know, she put on the mother's sweater and this and that, and, like totally like fucked with his head. Yeah, she used her brains to fight Braun. It's true. All right. So, before we go too far, Final Girl. What is a Final Girl? Credited with coining the phrase Final Girl was Carol J. Clover. She was an American, or is an American professor of medieval studies in American film. In her 1992 book, Men, Women, and Chainsaws, Gender in the Modern Horror Film, she writes, basically the sole survivor of a group in a horror movie, typically a slasher, overcomes her vulnerability in order to defeat the monster when it comes time for fight or flight. Yes. Now, that's right from Wikipedia. It says that's where it came from. But she actually, five years earlier, wrote an article about the, the same thing. Her body, himself, gender in the slasher film, where she writes, Final Girl. The image of the distressed female most likely to linger in memory is the image of the one who did not die, the survivor, or final girl. She is the one who encounters the mutilated bodies of her friends and perceives the full extent of the preceding horror and of her own peril, who is chased, cornered, wounded, whom we see scream, stagger, fall, rise, and scream again. She is abject terror personified. If her friends knew they were about to die only seconds before the event, the final girl lives with the knowledge for long minutes or hours. She alone looks death in the face, but she alone also finds the strength either to stay the killer long enough to be rescued or to kill him herself. 
Now, she credits the first final girl as being either Jess Bradford from Black Christmas or Sally Hardesty from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, the beef I have with that, every single final girl list that I looked up basically had one of these as like the number one or the original final girl. How could either of those girls be the first final girl when both movies were premiered on October 11th, 1974? So, I kept digging. And I mostly stayed with slasher movies. Yeah, I did did too. I mean, if you go into like home invasion movies, everything, it just gets way too discombobulated to... Is she a final girl or is she something else? Well, we're also, I mean, we're we're hard, we're a horror podcast, so we're not gonna, we're probably not gonna venture out into, um, you know, like, what was the movie with Jennifer Lopez? Which like, one, Cell? No, where like. Oh, it was the Super Bowl halftime show. Is that what you're <laughs> talking about? When uh, she and Shakira battled to the death. I'd have watched that, but but no, like her, I don't know her ex-husband was like abusive and like he ended up coming back for her and she beat the shit out of him or something. I think it was called Enough. Oh yeah, she like took up boxing. Yeah, like, yeah. And she beat yeah, she beat the shit out of him. But I don't know. I think labeling a movie as horror or not, it's subjective. It is, I guess. Anyway, so 1974. Rewind one year, you got the movie Torso. Jane. She could be seen as a final girl. Ten years before Texas Chainsaw and Black Christmas, there was Violent Midnight, 1964, Carol Bishop. Eleven years before that, the first House of Wax remake, Sue, definitely a final girl. Peeping Tom in 1960, Helen Stevens. You can go way, way, way back to 1933. Faye Ray, she played Anne Darrow in King Kong. Was she not a final girl? She was. The last line of the movie is basically, "'Twas not the airplanes. It was beauty that killed the beast." So, I don't know. To label someone as the first final girl, you're going to have to watch a lot of fucking movies. It's true. All right, so now that I've revealed who my favorite would actually would be, it was yours. Kirsty Cotton from Hellraiser. Played okay. by Ashley Lawrence, 1987. Yep. Uh, but let's rewind a little bit. So, if we're talking about Final Girls, I think we should give a shout-out to the movie, The Final Girls. Have yep. you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. Oh, my I God. Keep, I keep... It's, it's on my list. That movie is a fun ride. It's like a hilarious satire of tropes in horror movies. It's got a kick-ass soundtrack. Betty Davis eyes. They use that song very well. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that movie. That's that's fun. It, is, that, is that still on Netflix? Or? Uh, I believe so. All right. I'll have to watch that one. Definitely a fun run. It is. It's cool. All right. Yeah, see, this is where, like, I even told you, like, you, you might have to help me out with, like, some, some of the newer stuff, because this is where, like, I have to, like, catch up on, like, some of the slashers from, like, the last, like, 10, 15 years. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, the final girls, we got Max Cartwright, played by Thaisa Farmiga. Oh, yes, a Farmiga. Vera's sister. I'm a 
fan of both of the Farmigas. Yeah, they're both uh, very dominant in horror mm. as of late. We can't talk about Final Girls without mentioning Laurie Strode. So obviously played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, she first shows up in Halloween. Very, um, it's like a very meek kind of character to begin with. Right, she's kind of like a, seems like a nerdy bookworm and yeah, she's not going to be hanging out partying on Halloween because she's going to babysit. Kind of portrayed, maybe it's probably like a little little harsh, but like kind of like portrayed as like a loser, kind of, but maybe not. Because I mean, to the point where she, um, her friend gets her a date with somebody that she obviously likes and then all of a sudden like backs out. It's like, oh, cancel right. the date, Yeah, the so date. she's kind of um, sexually off-putting. Yes. And that's kind of a, a theme that we go through with all of these final girls. Not sexually off-putting, that's that's wrong with it. Uh, prudish. Right. Not sexually available. Right. So, you know, and in that in that first first Halloween, you know, she where she basically almost has like a meltdown and realizes, I mean, she has to protect, protect these kids that she's babysitting. Right. You know. And she decides to fight. She she fought. And then come to find out in part two, you know, that she's actually Michael Myers, like, long-lost, like, younger sister. Right. And now she's another example of a woman who lasts throughout the franchise. Right. Because later, I mean, she, she returns in Halloween H2O, which... I don't, I don't think anyone's going to hate on you for hating on that movie. It was bad. It was bad. However, in the, in the most recent one that came out in... 2018. 2018. 40 years later. I thought she was phenomenal. Yeah, she's it's very, still a badass final girl. It's very, very reminiscent of like Carol in uh, like Walking Dead. Yes, yeah, that's, that, even that's the, the the hair, the, <laughs> the gray the, the gray hair, the, the, the gray hair. I mean, she's got this freaking basement that's like full of like artillery and. Oh like, my god, she is well prepared. Oh, absolutely, but uh, yeah, no, definitely. She, I mean, if she's not in your top like three to five of your final girls, there's. And do you probably have not seen the Halloween movies. Right, exactly. Yeah, so uh, next on my list was Ginny Field. So now I, th- I feel like I should mention my favorite final girl of the Friday series, Tina Shepard. Yes, 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 yes. Now, that movie's pretty cheesy. Part 7. You know what, though? It's, it's one it's, of my favorites. It's absolutely one of my favorites. Because obviously, it was the first one that Kane Hodder showed up in. Yes. And he, I, I mean, this isn't about that character, so, but it was, it was one, like, he, like, kind of, like, transformed that character, but I loved, like, the way she took the fight to him. Right. It was just, like, the telekinesis, like, kind of thing. Yeah, she, she was a uh, formidable foe. Like, usually, I, I found myself rooting for Jason, like, in these movies. Of course, everybody roots for the bad guy. Right. But I actually kind of found myself rooting for her in this one. Right. And now that's the role of the final girl. So through the movie, most people are rooting for the bad guy until it switches and you're rooting right. for this character at the end. Who, I mean, she pulled, I mean, first of all, I mean, she pulled out a house on the fucking guy. She killed him like seven times in that movie. Which, which also, I guess, like in that scene where, like, you know, she made the house like collapse, the cabin collapse on top of him. Yes. I guess. I guess Kane got nailed with like one of the, like the like the one of the head be- like the wood beams or whatever, Ouch. and almost knocked his ass out. If it didn't like Damn. knock him out, but yeah, she beat the shit out of him. 
Yeah. I mean, that was a good fight. That, that was awesome. And I think though. we'll get into that at some other time, at some oh, yeah. later date. But, uh, yeah, that movie, uh, their fight was for a purpose. Absolutely. So that's T- Tina Shepard, Lar Park Lincoln. One that I actually really liked was um, Alice, Alice Johnson from um, or the actress week, Lisa Wilcox. She was in Nightmare on Elm Street 4, parts 4 and 5. Okay. Where she actually made it through two movies. So she beat it's a good Freddy, stretch. She beat Freddy twice. Okay. Um, so basically, she was like we all remember uh, part three, Dream Warriors. Yes, that is my favorite. Abs- yes, nightmare. Yes, it is. So in part four, she she's like a lucid dreamer, and as her friends are like getting picked off, she's gaining her power. I don't know if you saw part four or five. I've seen all of them. You have okay. So, so she takes on, like, her friend's, like, powers. Yep. So basically, she's Mega Man. Yeah. That's a good way to put that. Yeah, you know? Um, and then, of course, like, she's pregnant in part five. Yeah, of course. Dream child. Right. <laughs> so, and then, you know, Freddy's trying to go, you know, get to her through, like, her like her kid's, like, dreams or something like that. I wonder how they would have split custody on that kid. <laughs> like, would they have to meet at a McDonald's and, like... Trade off on the weekend. Does he get but every other? I guess it depends. Is he paying alimony? I don't know. He seems like he would try to be like the fun dad, you know. <laughs> like on his visits, he, they're you know going to like Disney World and amusement parks. With her, is just like do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> Mom's so naggy, Dad. You're so fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, how often do you see in? In those kind of movies where they last multiple. Multiple multiple movies, yeah. I mean, it, it's very rare to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, though. Someone else that uh, lasts a while, Nancy Thompson, played by Heather Langenkamp. She, her, I love, I love her character, too. Um, it's always, so, in the first one, it seems like, basically, her family sucks. Yeah, her dad's a cop, he's always working. Mother's, mother's, mother's an alcoholic. Was she? I just thought she uh, just liked drinking booze all the time. Well, I mean, either or. But she drives. She like drives her friends to you know kind of figure out what Freddy's past is and stuff like that. Right now, she set herself up to be a final girl from like the very beginning of this movie. Right. She's researching Freddy. She wants to find out more about Freddy. She wants to find out how to fight him and conquer him. Right. She sets up traps. Like, she's a different type of final right. girl. Because with each each time she came in contact with him, it was like, um, she learned more. You know, what his weaknesses are and stuff like that. And then, right. of course, like, in, she shows up again in part three, where she's, like, helping these troubled kids that are in this, I guess, uh, it's basically like a mental hospital. Of course, that that's probably everyone's favorite, like, Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Right, yeah. I mean, the deaths are amazing. Oh, they are. And, and, they're and, they're and fighting the, Freddy. Like, that is just so fucking And cool. the characters that are in, the, like, the, the actors that are in the movie. Like, like, Shout out to Patricia Arquette. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. He was one of the orderlies, I think. So The you know, dude that stole records in Chopping Mall. Yeah, he's in this. Yeah, he's the deaf one. But yeah, so she, you know, she counsels these kids and to, you know, try to help them with, with, with their issues with, like, Freddy. But then actually one of my favorite, like, one of my favorite movies, and I feel like this was kind of underrated, was her in New Nightmare. New Nightmare was so cool. I thought it was amazing. It, 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 it blew my mind because, of course, 
you know, I was probably, we were probably like 13 when that came out. So my thought like into watching movies, you know, we're just sitting there, we, we just like watch the movies. We don't really think about them. Yeah, but not that, deeply, no. No, but that one like blew my friggin' mind. I'm like, so she's like playing herself. Who, and, and, yeah, so she actually gets a final girl double credit. She gets Nancy Thompson and as Heather. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because that one involved, like, her and her son, and, like, I believe her, like, her husband was working on, like, special effects in, like, the new movie that they were making. Which I believe is, um, true. I believe her husband really does work on special effects, and I think they have some kind of special effects company. Yeah, they do. But, no, definitely, she's she's another one that's um, probably one of the greatest of all time, I guess. She is one of a ghost. She's definitely on every single Final Girl list that, that you see out there. Another one. Ellen Ripley, played yeah, by the magnificent Sigourney Weaver in see, Alien. See, I didn't put I didn't put her on my list because I wasn't sure if that like fit our. All right, so it, I think, part one definitely fits as a horror movie. So you think about it. So they're trapped in this confined space, and they're being hunted and killed one by one, by this thing. Uh, another thing that Carol Clover mentioned when talking about the final girl is that like you basically have five themes. You've got the the killer who mostly ident- identifies. It, you know, it's basically a a human. In, in this case it's an alien. It's a little sci-fi. It's a little sci-fi. It's a sci-fi horror. But you got the terrible place. It's somewhere that's not home that you're either trapped or you're there. And that's basically the the spaceship that they're on. Right. So I definitely feel like it falls into horror. And everyone gets killed off one by one, just like it's a slasher. Mm-hmm. And she ends up fighting the creature. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I could. And she's definitely a uh, a final girl that fights. She's a badass. The other alien movies go, I think, out of the horror realm. And they're more of action movies, like yeah. a sci-fi action. But the first one, definitely. Can't hate on aliens, though, man. That second movie is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's true. It's actually the first one I saw. I saw Aliens before I saw Alien. So I'm kind of going to go back to Halloween, and we're going to kind of skip over Halloween 1 and 2. Well, sorry, skip 3 and go into 4. Can I just say that you shouldn't skip 3? Well, You should watch Halloween 3. Okay. For this purpose, we're going to skip over 3. I'm going to go with Jamie Lloyd, Daniel Harris. Another one that makes it through a few movies. She does. So this is Laurie Strode's daughter. So we learned that basically, I mean, Laurie faked her death. Which you would if you keep getting stalked by a killer bent on killing you. Right. So she she dies in a car accident. So Air quotes. You missed Jeremy's air quotes. Dies. Um, so she, she lives with a foster family. And... Um, Myers is in like a coma that he wakes awakes from his coma and this is probably this I can't think of any like before this probably one of the first you know slashes where the kid is a lead okay just saying like, oh all right didn't know if you had anything to add to that so she's very she's very quick on her feet she's resilient you're very resilient to pain um one of those like never give up never surrender type yes and they actually kind of teased her as being like the new Michael Myers Right, that's the only reason I didn't leave her on the final girl list. 
was because of that the end yeah. scene where she's like, oh, God, she's a murderer, too. Right. Right, but I thought she was fun. And Daniel Harris would actually, she would go on to be in um, the Hatchet movies. And she was in Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween. Yeah, so I, I feel like she's kind of like one of those like modern day, like, you know, horror, horror queens that are uh, coming up. She's definitely a scream queen. Now, I don't think we can talk about Final Girls unless we mention a turning point. Not really a turning point, but Sydney Prescott from Scream. She's a final girl that has sex. And lives. And lives. It's not a death sentence. So Scream was actually a huge turning point. Yeah. And kind of resurrected slasher movies, which were kind of fading out at the point. Right. So it's kind of like a, a meta callback slash satire that Wes Craven did. And yeah, I think Sidney Prescott was a badass final girl. And hot as hell. And hot as hell. That see that that probably kind of like re- resurrected Wes Craven's career too because I mean like he I assume he really wasn't like doing much. I know, and then he got that great role as the janitor at the high school. Mm. That saved his career. It did. Hey, Fred, how you doing? <laughs> that was hilarious. What a cameo! <laughs> so I know you had mentioned it earlier in that article that said she was the you know the first like final girl. Obviously, um, Sally Hardesty. Played by Marilyn Burns, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's she played it a little different, like a little different than the like I'm gonna go down fighting. Well, like, yeah, it's the fight or flight. She chose flight. flight, right? Which normally isn't. You don't usually like see that though. It's usually it's like if you're gonna portray the final girl, they're gonna, gonna like try and go down fighting. Right, and that's why you can't box a final girl into right like a. A box, I guess. <laughs> right. I mean, she realized. I mean, she knows she can't win. No, I mean, she's fighting a family of psychos. Right. I mean, I mean, God, she was forced to sit down at dinner. And that like eat scene. And oh my God. <laughs> to like to eat with like the family that's about that's basically just you know that is gonna kill her, and then you know she's able to. Was it was it her? I can't remember if it was her. If it was like one of her friends, that like it just got like put up on like the meat hook. No, that was not her. That was not her? No, okay. that was her friend. Oh, okay. man, that was brutal. Oh. Brutal and not really shown. It was just, like, implied hooking. Yes. Oh, that's, like, even worse. So, I mean, she ends up, you know, coming up with an escape plan, and then, you know, the end of the movie, obviously. Like, she escapes, gets recaught. Yes. Escapes again, and she's just in hysterics. I would have really liked to see her in part two, but they went in a completely different direction. Right. right. And then, um... She finally eventually escapes and then, you know, gets on that truck while Leatherface is all pissed off in the middle of the road. And he does his little chainsaw dance. Yeah. Helen Lyle. Helen Lyle. 1992's Candyman, played Ah, by Virginia Madsen. Yes. Also a different type of final girl. I don't want to ruin the movie for you if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, go watch it now because there's a new Candyman coming out soon. Which Tony Todd is also going to have a part in. Also, Virginia Madsen. Oh, they both are. Yes. Nice. I'm really looking forward to that movie, man. So is this supposed to be a reboot, or is it going to be like a sequel? Uh, technically, I think it's a sequel, because now you've got the uh, the Cabrini, Cabrini Greens section of Chicago has been gentrified. Hmm. And that's... Where obviously Candyman 
did his Candyman stuff. Spitting out bees and spitting out bees, hooking people. Yes. Why did you summon me to your mirror? <laughs> I am not Bloody Mary, you son of a bitch. So while we're talking about final girls, I also have a final guy. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, you know, just because I wanted to be controversial. This is Actually, very I'm, controversial. I'm mad. I'm mad? I'm triggered. Are you triggered? No, because people use that word wrong. <laughs> they mean offended. So, you're not triggered. You're offended. All right. So we're gonna go back to Nightmare on Elm Street, but we're gonna go to Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Oh, the very progressive Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. It was very progressive, and I don't know. Did you ever see the, the documentary Never Gonna Sleep Again? No, but I believe there's another documentary about this movie. Well, there's one about that movie itself, but where I first started... See, I never thought about it because, of, of course, I hadn't seen it in many years, so I was probably a kid when I last saw it. So you didn't catch the sexual oppression undertones? As a 10-year-old, probably not. Watching it as an adult... Oh, good God. It's like... It's, <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, my God, it's not even undertones. It's like <laughs> it's blatantly in your face. And I get, you know, the actor, his, name, his name's Jesse, uh, well, the character is Jesse Walsh, played by Mark Patton. And I guess, you know, and he, he was a gay actor, although I don't think he was out or anything like that. But he basically followed all the rules. He was just a dude. Yeah. Aside from the, you know, the shower scene with the, the, with the whipping and you know, the, 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 the chaps, leather, the leather bar, and, you know. All that thing. How did he just wander into that bar? <laughs> and the director, um, David Chaskin, he denied that all those undertones were intended, but then later was just like... He undenied it. He und- Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, can you count? Does, does that count? So the guy in the bar, uh, I believe the bartender, mm-hmm. was kind of a dick. Yes. He was yeah, like was. like a producer or something. So they put him in that role as a kind of a yeah. fuck you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I, don't know, I th- kind of threw him in as like an honorable mention. Definitely uh, worth mentioning. Yeah. A final dude. Hey, well, you know. I mean, there's plenty of them out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we, if we wanted to branch off, tangent off this tangent... Basically, anyone that survives at the end of a horror movie is a final something. That's true. We're still waiting for Paul in uh, Friday the 13th Part 2. We don't know what happened to him. Oh, because he just he ended up chilling at the bar instead of going back to the camp, right? No, it, like the the guy that was with, with Ginny, she's like, where's Paul? Where's Paul? It's like, oh, we haven't found him. And that was just never addressed. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. No, the guy that was drunk at the bar probably was just like still at the bar. He's alive. He's well. Oh, good for him. So, moral of the story, if your friends want to go home and the bar's still open... Stay at the bar. Fuck your friends. Just stay at the bar. You'll be fine. Close it down. When was the last time we saw Jason just, you know, take over a bar? That would be interesting. Instead of Jason versus Manhattan, Jason versus the bar. Yeah. And he's just, like, slashing drunks left and right. And mixing drinks. That would be awesome. He, he, He multitasks. It's fucking good, man. So, I mean, the only other person really on my list that I narrowed it down to, which circle back to, is 
Ashley Lawrence playing Kirsty Cotton in Hellraiser. And I only mention her last because I thought it was really cool how basically she was an, another final girl that's not a virgin and uh, fights and uses her brain to fight the brawn. Yes. So that was a, that was a really good movie, Hellraiser. The first one, I love the first one. Yeah, the first one was good. The second one was crazy. Yes. And they just got crazier and crazier and crazier as it right. went on. Right. I um, have such I, shites. Such shites. <laughs> such shites to shit you. <laughs> such sights to show you. Uh, yeah, first one is definitely, obviously, probably one of Barker's favorite, uh, best movies. One of his best novels. Yes. I guess that, um... The Hellbound Heart. Yes. Bringing it back to Valentine's Day. And our love of horror, and our love of you. You're I'm the... speaking to the audience, not to Jeremy. You are not getting a Valentine from me. That's fine. I'm not giving everyone in the class a Valentine. We had to. No, we didn't. Yeah, I did. What? You kidding me? I, I had to bring friggin' Valentines to everybody in my class. That's bullshit. I mean, I get it. You don't want to be left out. But, I don't know, man. Not everybody deserves a gold sticker or a participation trophy. It's true. How are you supposed to show the one you like that you like them if you, well, you give a Valentine to her best friend? What a dick. He got her a valentine, too. You got to put a little bit of extra in their valentine. You know what you do? So you write the valentine, and then you fill it with glitter. So when she opens it, her fucking outfit is ruined. (laughs) I hate when people do that. It's like the worst. I know it's been said, but it's definitely the herpes of art supplies. (laughs) It's true. All right, well, I think that... Does this for our final goer episode. Happy Just Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Um, we are on iTunes. We are on Spotify, Podomatic. Hit the like button, subscribe. Send us a comment. Let us know what you think. Like us. Please. We like you. We're very lonely. Follow us on Twitter at Fans of the Dead. One. That's the number one. Yes, we're also on Facebook at Fans of the Dead. Fans of the Dead podcast at gmail.com. Send us some feedback, some bitches, some moans, some groans, some suggestions. Yeah, any any sort of subject you think we should cover. Anything, really. Yeah, we'll think about it. We'll put it in our back pocket. We'll mull it over. Absolutely. All right, man. So, as always, have fun, be safe, peace, see ya.